Hello and welcome to the Unmissables podcast, our weekly jog through the world of television and popular culture, but pretty much television. It's just television. No, but you, but you talk, Kay talks sometimes about books. You mm-hmm. don't, really, but Kay does. Kay elevates. Yeah, we talk about films sometimes. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to yeah. talk about film. Okay, great. Fine. So Take it back. Rewind. It's, it's popular culture. Mm. But the, the meat is mainly, the meat. The, meat. the meaty section of the podcast is mainly about television. As usual, I'm joined by the great Kay Rivero. Hello. And the immense Steph Seeler. <gasps> I wondered what you were going to say then. Just making it up on the Thanks, spot. Thanks, um, the meat this week is very varied, I think. It's one of our most varied meats. I mean, partly because we are in the summer, as I've mentioned for the last few weeks, the summer of sport, where we've got the World Cups going oh, on. So all everyone's talking about. It's all everyone's talking about. Wimbledon starts next oh, week. Wimbledon. Yeah, then so oh literally the TV God. schedules are pretty much 90 percent sport, sport heavy. Very sport heavy. But we've found some gems, I think, this week mm. to oh, review. I'd say this is prime yeah. cut. Oh, yeah. yeah. And in fact, actually, I already know what's, what we're doing next week. And that's pretty is it good, good, actually. Yeah, yeah so I'm yeah. steak. Ooh. Oh, steak, as in meat steak. Yeah. And like the, um, I'm very giving different qualities beef. of meat. That, what's it called? Wagyu or something? Oh, Wagyu beef. beef. Yeah. yeah, that's that very expensive yeah. beef. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. What, well, yeah. that's what we're dealing with. David Beckham keeps Instagramming. Yeah. Does he? No, yeah, he loves Ooh. it. loves a bit of Wagyu beef. Does he? He mm. might seem to come back as meat. What is Wagyu beef, though? What is the I difference? Think it's just beef cold from rare. Cows. Cows. <laughs> what's a rare cow? I, I mean, I'm a vegetarian. So yeah, me a demi, too. A demi vegetarian. Boyd. Quasar vegetarian. Let's deal with this. You eat chicken. You're just a person who doesn't eat beef then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or how? That is you know a, what? When people think that pork. Steph and I can be sometimes a little bit silly and then you hear Boyd's definition of a vegetarian, so all is well with what the What meats don't you eat? Just peat, pork? I don't eat red pork, meat. Pork, pig. You don't eat red meat? No. Do you eat any sausages? No. Fine. So, so many. It's quick, so that's pretty, all you do? I eat fish and I, and I eat chicken. Even the chicken was, this is very boring, it, even the chicken was a late arrival. When <laughs> when did you start <laughs> eating chicken? Uh, in the last like... Now. 10 years, 5, 10 years. So for the first 30 years more of Chicken my life, free. 35 and years. And why are you vegetarian? Because you like animals or you just don't like red meat? Oh, no, I don't care. I mean, I do like animals. <laughs> no, no, I don't I care. I love animals, yeah. but it's more to do with the whole idea of it. And yeah, I don't like munching on a bit of cow. Is it because you love Morrissey? No, although, again, you know, it was, I, I was a vegetarian before. I was an actual proper you, vegetarian before, before I knew of Morrissey. Not okay, before Morrissey, fine. but before I knew of Morrissey. Why did you originally become a vegetarian? Because I went to Ilford Jewish Primary School and they served these horrendous things called Viennas, which are made from the innards of cows and they're disgusting. Oh, my, and so, oh my and God. So that I didn't, so, so I refused to eat them. The only way I refused to eat them is if my mum sent a note saying I was a vegetarian. <gasps> I think I'm going to throw up. No, but innards of... Try this. not to throw up. Vienna's, look at them up, they're horrendous. So oh weird though, I became vegetarian so I could get out of eating my mum's mints. <laughs> what, she had rules? She, oh, she, she used to make you had to send a letter from the school to your mum. spaghetti bolognese, it was disgusting. Anyway, enough about vegetarianism, carry on Boyd. As I was saying, this week we've got some varied meat. We have the misadventures of Ramesh Ranganathan, aka Kay's best buddy, whoop, whoop. which is coming up on BBC Two next Sunday. Bong. We have a new Walter Presents series, which yes. is kind of Channel 4's equivalent of like BBC4 foreign programmes. It's a, pro, it's a show film. you can read. Show you can read, Subtitles. as Steph calls it, Night and Day. And it's a Spanish series. Knit and dear. Correct. <laughs> and finally, we have, in honour of Steph Seedland, because she loves him so much, her favourite actor slash comedian... John Bishop, in conversation with, is back for its fourth series on the W Channel, and she has watched it. I have watched it. Please do not call him an actor before anything else. Okay, I just did that he to is a you. comedian. He has acted. You know, he acted. He, in that Steph, thing. he did act. Yeah. Not, not well. 
Not well. Well, he did. <laughs> and um, I, by the way, listeners, I've made sure, I've double-checked. I know you're all worried out there. I've double-checked that Steph has watched the opening episode of this programme. <laughs> she hasn't skipped forward episode I... two oh. for random reasons best known to herself. But do you know what? I did go back and watch episode one mm. of well The done. Affair. Well done. Good. And I have to say that you guys described it perfectly. Oh. So well oh, done, thanks, you. Steph. Yeah. Mm. It was a very good description. We passed the yeah. test. I've but... also now watched episode three. Oh, I'm showing off. Yep. Um... And you could, was, is that in the early previous, that a spoiler alert for your, what have you been watching, reading, listening to? No, because I absolutely, if I told you anything about episode three of The Affair, it would be completely terrible for everyone involved oh. because it's such an incredible episode. Wow. Big, Do not be irresponsible then. No, I'm not going to. Huge claims. Of course, I can't watch it because Steph's used my website access to that program <laughs> and now it's been revoked and I can't watch it. <laughs> is that why? It's not revoked, you know, it's been it's run out, hasn't it? It has got the maximum out. views. It yeah. has had the maximum yeah. views. Oh, well. Um, what else, Steph, have you been uh, watching? Right. Do tell. Okay. Well, how's about something on Netflix for a change? I go mean, on then. Yeah. Got, you, Justice you blown, once. I Justice think, once. No, I don't know. You've blown my mind. <laughs> okay. Unsolved. Oh, I think it's even oh. more my blowing. It's going to be crime based. <laughs> I've heard Crime all about this. Crime based, unsolved, Biggie and Tupac. Uh, but to be fair to you, this is actually a drama, isn't it? But the brilliant thing about this, it is a drama, 10-part drama. Mm. The amazing thing is about it is that interspersed in the dramatic scenes is real footage of events. Mm. So in the first yeah. episode, this is not, it's, a, it's really well done. I don't think I've seen it done this well. And I know John Dunn is a particular hater of when dramas um, have like things in them that are the actual footage. <laughs> when dramas have he like things s- in them. Yeah. Is that what he said? He, d- he said, when they have things in them, I don't like yeah. it. <laughs> Do you mean when documentaries have dramatized bits? Yeah, he I doesn't think that's like what that. you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't like that. I don't like that. Com- that is that no. what I that's, said? That's the opposite no. way around. Yeah, it's the opposite of what you said. But we, yeah, we'll as I said, go. the opposite of what I said yeah. is what John Dunn does. Yeah, you like are, as we know, ill. I Yeah, sorry. Can we just, yeah, can we have a bit of a disclaimer? I am slightly unwell, so I've got the sniffles, everyone. Yeah, so if I don't make sense, that's why. Not for all the normal reasons. Yeah, I don't like documentaries that have dramatized bits in Cheesy. And you know, in fact, sorry, to, this is a bit of a big Go interruption, on. but I have to quickly say, yeah. you know, there was this uh, George Michael show that was on Channel 5 last night as a recording. It was last Thursday. And it's also it's already infamous. I think if you look on Channel 5's catch up, I urge you, it's literally a dramatization of George Michael's oh, life, no. a secret life, including like going on Hampstead Heath and stuff. And he's played no. by an actor. And it, I only glimpsed it briefly because everyone was talking about it on Twitter. Why? But that is a classic example of the cheesiness just, of the documentary drama recreation situation. Oh, dear. Yeah. I'm not okay. on board with that. No, no, no. But, this, but this is brilliant. Okay, right, so carry it's, on. It's 10 parts, dramatization. And what it, what it's about is the unsolved case of who killed Biggie and who killed Tupac. And as you know, if you've watched the very, if you've listened to, listened to the very first episode of the Unmissables podcast, <laughs> I had already solved this for you. But we can't um, repeat it because John got very no, no, nervous that lawyers would be involved. You, no, listen, all yeah. I'm going to say is that Sugar Knight is a <laughs> naughty man oh, and he's yeah. still in prison. <laughs> But what this Where's examines going? is whether um, Sugar Knight was involved yeah. in any murderous plots. Yeah. Um, but it's dra- the dramatization is the policeman Josh Duhamel's in it, so it's it kind of flashes back to the original investigation and then forward to when they reopen the case. And it's based on the book by the cop who was involved, right? It is. It's and isn't it, 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 have you watched the whole thing? Isn't it like 10 hours or something? It's 10 hours. No, right. I've just watched the first two episodes. That's but they've strange. got that guy. I know. They've <laughs> yeah. got that guy who played um, Tupac in uh, All Eyes on Me, who looks exactly like Tupac. It's so... And he plays Tupac again. Yeah, he plays Tupac wow. in... in the, <laughs> is, is, like Biggie. 
brilliant. He's gained a lot of weight yeah. and he's ready for it. That would be great stunt casting. <laughs> Honestly, it's so good. But, but the, you know the weird thing is, is well, there's, you know there's a film along the way about this very same thing starring really? Johnny Depp as the detective. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there yeah. is. There How weird is, is that? Yeah. So, like, you know. Is it an anniversary? What's going on? Why maybe. are there so many? I don't know. I don't know. But it's maybe bizarre, they've. Isn't it? Maybe it's because, like, I don't know. There's mm. like a statute of limitations on some evidence being released or something. I don't know. But I mean, the, look, the case was the Did case you say was reopened. Listen, I can't <laughs> speak ill. properly. No. I am unwell. I thought statute. you might have genuinely thought it was statute because some people do. You know, oh how some my people, god, people. Sorry. You, you thought know they I do. thought it was statute well, of limitations. there are people statute. that do get that wrong. Okay, yeah. and you chose it to be me. <laughs> I that you chose it. I just checked. I was checking. Statute so you're saying it's good. How many stars would you give it? Okay. Absolutely brilliant. I would give it five stars because I think the way they've interweaved, so especially in the first episode, the way they interweave the dramatisation of the club night when it actually happens with the real footage of Biggie getting shot, it's really, so it's not really jarring. well done. It's... No, it's really, really good. And mm. actually, you know how Josh Duhamel's actually a terrible actor? Mm. He's good in this. He's not a terrible actor. He is a terrible actor. He's not great. Name another good thing that he was in that was good. Um, but he's not, not Oscar worthy, is he? He was good in a film he did. One of his earlier films was directed by the guy who did the Bourne, the first Bourne films, and I can't remember the name. So of that you can't remember the name Go. of it. I yeah. think it's called Go, and it was three stories intertwined. Funnily enough, okay, and he's so good he in was that. barely in it. He's good in that. He's good in lots of things. Like what else? All right, Transform- that's one. Okay, Transformers. Just rubbish. Obviously, the Transformers films are terrible. But it's not his Fine. fault. Fine. I'd say Marky Mark's a terrible actor. What? Don't say that. Well, you wouldn't say that, would you? No. But he's been in the Transformer films. Yeah, but he, he... Blame the films, not the but, star. Okay, yeah, but Marky Mark made the Transformer films good again. Well, he didn't. They were shit. Um, he okay. did. I Listen, think that's a, time this, is, this is a bigger Kay's, thing. Kay's intervening. Okay, <laughs> right. Moving on. BBC, the oh. iPlayer. You've got 18 days as of today, oh. which we've, we're recording on Friday, to watch Suffragettes with Lucy Worsley. And as you know, this is I'm obsessed you, with you her. You said you were excited to watch. I'm obsessed with Lucy Wesley. She is the wonderful, brilliant, gorgeous woman who does all of the history things. And she, she, you might not like this because she does a lot of dramatizations in mm. her retelling of history. But they're so effective. And she's, she's obviously she gets dressed up and everything. She's really, really good. So this is the history of how we got the vote because, as you all know, it is a hundred years since women over thirty who owned a property were able to get a vote this year. Okay, mm. as you all know, yeah. which it, would have included you. Okay. Would have, yeah, we, we're fine. both property owners. Barely pushing yeah. 28, boys. Yeah. And one hour and 29 minutes of glorious recreation because it's not just about, it's not just about Pankhurst. It's about a lot of other women who put them, their lives in danger and lots of terrible things happen to them. It's definitely worth a watch. Okay. And that's on BBC, which is unlike me, as it, you know. The whole yeah. thing's unlike you. Yeah, okay. Well, well, no, oh, good. she loves the suffragettes. Does she? Yeah. Have you what seen do you mean? I'm, I'm a huge history buff. I love history. Have you seen this, the film Suffragette by um, yeah. Thingy? Yeah. I good. love history. Thingy, what's it? I was trying to make you watch that thing on Netflix, like the, about the Roosevelts, remember? And you were like, what are you talking about? Like Vaguely, the 17 yeah. hour long thing. Mm. It's brilliant. Yeah, good. Okay, and then lastly, because I'm being, ve- I'm being look, very restrained this um, this week, I just want to mention that the final episode of The Wonderland Murders, episode seven of The Wonderland Murders, do you remember me talking about this originally? Right, The Wonderland Murders, yeah. um, John Holmes, who is the most prolific porn actor ever, who's now uh, passed yeah, away, yeah. he was in possession yeah, of, a of a tool large that member. helped him, yeah. He was the guy on, who loosely Boogie Nights was based on. Yes. Very loosely. Yeah. I mean, the idea of, of talking Marky Mark, of course. Marky yeah. Mark played the lead guy, porn actor famous for his enormous genital yes, area. Yes, fine. His enormous genital area. <laughs> I don't know why we're being so coy about it. It's Big penis. Adult. I've said it. Oh. 
Mm. Ooh, I don't know how I feel about that. decided to throw that in. Anyway, <laughs> episode seven's great because it talks, it's a conversation with the two detectives who this podcast, the book that these two detectives wrote the podcast was based on. Right. So The Wonderland Murders is a drugs hit where four people were butchered, one person survived, and John Holmes was um, at, let them in to oh. butcher these people. It's a fascinating story, but the two lead detectives on it, so the last episode is them talking, and they were, one of them is also a detective on the OJ case as well. So fascinating. Oh. If you love true crime, it's just really, really interesting to hear them talk about this whole thing on the iTunes so oh, it's a podcast. It's a podcast. Oh, it's yeah. a podcast. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. As I said at the beginning. Did you hear? No, I remembered her, her, Steph, talking about it previously. Okay. Yeah. It's really good. It's I'm great. I'm remembering what people say. <laughs> it's fascinating. And sadly, John Holmes died of no longer with us. AIDS-related illness at yeah. 42, I think, something really? like that. Yeah. yeah but it is a fascinating story, and it is, and it is unsolved, the mystery Hence. of who killed them, although we do know. <laughs> bit, well, you do. You bit, think bit. you do. No, it was Eddie Nash. He, he did it, oh. definitely. Is that... Is he they, they talk about John's John's it in the beginning. Yeah. No, 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 this is everybody involved? knows this. Everybody knows this, and it's from the beginning. Everybody in, in your mind. Okay, allegedly it was this guy oh, called Eddie Nash. Go. It comes out now. It's oh. a reverse ferret. Okay, so Sugar Knight and Eddie Nash are it, two people. Can we impose a new rule in which you try not to um, implicate people in crimes if they're still alive? Um, I mean, we can try. We can yeah. try and do that. I just don't know how. Like how I'm going to stick to it, really. And that's it for me. Well, it's good. That was a good list. Yeah, thanks, Trip. So you got. Case approval. Yep. That's all approval. I seek. <laughs> and what about you? Um, so I have finally caught up on the last episode of The Bridge. So you talked about this last week. John, Dan, I'm not going to reveal too much because I know you're very invested I in it. I think in the real world, that's on tonight, isn't it? Is it? Is that no, right? No, it's on the 29th. Oh, is it next week? Oh, sorry. It's I'm, on Friday. I'm so ahead of myself. Yeah, it'll be on this Friday. Oh, so right, right. And um, it is every bit as good as you said. Thanks. And I just think the Saga and Henrik final scenes, it, it's just perfect. It's how you'd want it to... Mm. Finish Be. and have final, yeah. and the final scene is really poignant. So, John Dan, you've got a lot to look forward to. His face indicates he's excited. Well, he did a thumbs up. up. Yeah, yeah. more than um, just the face. Also, now this one's a bit of a, a little bit of a showing off moment because I've got to tell you that I went okay. to Stop. a bong. Is it a bong moment? It's a, yeah, it is a bong moment. Okay, okay. I went to the Great British Bake Off tent. Oh. Bong, 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 and I saw some bakers. I can't say a lot about this, yeah, by the don't way, want to because say the I ha- you don't want Bake Off fans raiding the tent. <sighs> Look, they've got a Bake Off sniper trained on me because you have to sign a lot of forms. Mm. So all I can say is I went there. I spoke to Prue and to Paul and um, Noel and Sandy, and they were great. And it, it's going to be great again. That's what did, I'll tell you. Did Paul Hollywood shake your hand in that way he does? No, but I did talk to him about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I can't tell you no, what he said. Are you going to be revealing all in Heat magazine? Yeah, when it's on, we're going to be doing a special. Or mm. The interview will be in there. One thing I can tell you, I did not get any sodding cake. Not at all? Not a sniff of, not a crumb, not a bit of icing, nothing. I got delicious lunch, but I just, I, I was when excited. I, when I went to... Um, oh, look, he's trying off. to steal my bong. Yeah, oh. years oh. ago, years Don't ago. Don't try and steal oh, my bong. Back in the day. Yeah. I went when it was still on BBC One. I think I might have gone to the last BBC One series, but I can't remember. Um... And uh, Mel and Sue, Mel and Sue were there, and I did get some cake. Well, oh, great! Just oh, no, 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 okay, okay, wait, wait, uh, wait. Listen, okay. <laughs> when I went to Bake Off, oh, here we go. right, which was on BBC One, and it was in far flung like Somerset or something. I mean, with Mel and Sue, mm. I got not only cake but also a delicious lunch. So if we're you know saying who's won, you I mean, robbed. it's me. You're a bloody rot. Yeah. I just, I just don't understand, John Dad. When why, you went to Bake Off. Why, <laughs> Why you needed to do that? Sorry, 
I know. I wasn't even going to do mine. Or you. Okay. Yeah, but I was following on from him. All right, well, mm. I had a delicious lunch, no cake, so obviously I'm the loser in this equation. But Sorry. anyway, I just thought I'd tell you about that. That's coming up soon. Something to be excited about. And another. this is another teaser because I was interviewing Ramesh Ranganathan. Oh, we have oh, such a name bong, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, Ramesh, how wonderful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love him. He is Kane and Rom up in a tree. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. He yes, is happily married. Oh, he is happily married. Anyway, so I was interviewing him for the show that we're about to preview, but I had to watch as part of it because he's got a lot coming out this year, like a ridiculous amount. I said, What to are you calling it? I'm year? saying he's the Emily Sunday of comedy because, you know, remember <laughs> 2012 when I Emily Sunday was everywhere? Oh, this God. is what it's going to be like for Ramesh but it's absolutely fine because we love him and he's hilarious he's, he's not um, going to be belting out power ballads though yeah. is he you don't know he mm. raps he, oh, yeah. you know, he's he actually bars, really so good at rapping he, loves rap, he was yeah. in the freestyle UK yeah, yeah. final sure. so. and doesn't he have that podcast like hip hop yeah. mm. hip hop yeah mm. hip hop something hip hop evolution just put no, it into the iTunes show. you'll find it he has a hip hop podcast Ramesh Ranganathan and hip hop look it up you'll find it um, but as part of this research I did I had to watch one of his new shows which I'm sure we'll be previewing in a few weeks called Judge Ramesh where he is basically as the title would suggest, a judge. No legal qualifications at right. all. He presides in his own court um, for like disputes that are going on. Now your friend Steph and actually boys, Tom Davis is mm. Oh, the big Tom Davis. Yep. Well, he's not actually one of the is I the um, bailiff. And Kerry Howard is the, the clerk. And it is, Brilliant. honestly... Is it real life people? Yeah. Yeah, it's basically... It's, is it Judge Judy? It's Judge it's, Judy. Yeah. Oh, Judge Judy with yeah. Ramesh. Amazing. And he, he just comes in, they come in with these disputes, like one of the ones was someone hoarding their, um, buying and hoarding the wife wasn't happy. And he's just there. And like, sometimes he'll just judge according to their voice if he did find some annoying. So it's, oh, uh, it's really brilliant. funny. Yeah. And it, is it legally binding in any way whatsoever? Are there any kind of disputes that will have No, but I think we can all agree Romish is words final. So. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That is true. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's it's been very about. bongy for you very today. Bo- it's very bongy and it's very yeah. like teasery. Very name droppy. Yeah. Very name droppy. But, you know. Cake free. We'll allow it. It's cake free zone. Okay. But, you know. Brevity, good brevity. Whatever I do, she, I mean, I only did three things. She def, she always does less than me I did to three make things. me look. The bridge, the Bake Off, and Judge Rummish. That's three things. Yeah, so, oh, okay, yeah, Three. Let's always yeah. be factually correct. Yes. <laughs> now, Boydo, pray tell, what have you been watching? Well, I'm indebted to Chris Clark on the Twitter, who is Clarky9 on Twitter, Ooh. for alerting me to the fact that the um, David Letterman and Jerry Seinfeld interview, which they conducted um, a while ago, which was, this was a kind of promotional event. And so to promote, you know, in, in America, they have this thing called the upfronts, where all the big channels kind of um, have been on their big stars to an audience of advertisers and TV writers and people like that to preview their next season. And so this thing that happens every year in America, is a huge big thing. Um, they got Netflix got a lot of their talent to interview each other. Mm. So Netflix signed up Jerry Seinfeld to do exclusively to do all his stand up specials and his um, his his comedians series in comedians in cars getting Get coffee, coffee um, to interview David Letterman, whose show, as we also know, is on Netflix. What a great hybrid! So and these are I'm not exaggerating; these are probably my two greatest TV heroes mm. com- slash comedy heroes yeah. in my in the world ever. Yeah. So for me, not these are K. the gods. No. Not Cumberbatch, like, not Sherlock, no. not, not Doctor Who, none of these. Exactly. These are the gods, my gods of yeah, the world. Yeah, you love them. I love, love them. them. Boyd, 
God. What's going so on? Tell us. We disappointed. Clarky Nine pointed out that because I, I was like, I knew this had happened, and I was like, but where's it going to be? Can we watch it? Because it was a promotional event. It wasn't really recorded for TV as such. But what Netflix has done is they've appended it as like a bonus thing Ooh. to the David Letterman My Next Guest Needs No Introduction series, which is on Netflix now. And if you go to the one, episode six, which is with Howard, Howard Stern, Stern. It's which really is in good. itself great. Yeah, yeah it's, it's brilliant. It's really good. Underneath it, and I didn't even notice until Clarky and I pointed it out, oh, is Clark- this bit. Clarky, right. I think you're two boy questions. to be best friend. Hey, who is Clarky? Is he a TV industry bigwig? Um, How did he find out? He's just a friendly guy. He's just a friendly guy. Yeah, he knows. Friendly know. guy. Now, listen, <laughs> um, and why was it attached to episode six? Well, What's it is the... weird, yeah. Yeah, because it's such a huge thing. Like, I loads know. of people are interested. I, get, I, get, I think because, I mean, it is 45 minutes, so it's not like it's not long enough because, you know, the other ones are kind of 45 minutes with other bits thrown in. I think because it wasn't conceived as an episode in itself. And in fact, it's really them chatting to each other, like interviewing each other. Yeah. Jerry asked David Letterman as many questions as Letterman asks Jerry. And Jerry asks him really random things like, what did you have for breakfast this morning? It's very you. <laughs> Listen, this yeah, is this a is great question. Of, yeah. Because Jerry's concerns are very like for the daily and the trivial. Of course. Yeah. They're not trivial. These Whereas are important things. Letterman's like, well, you changed the face of television. You know, and yours yeah, is great. a great sitcom. Yeah. So that, it's very interesting. Um, he wants to know about his kids. My favourite bit, there's a brilliant bit where Letterman says to Seinfeld, so Letterman's got one son, quite young son, and Jerry's got like two or three kids now, I think. Mm. And um, uh, Letterman says to Seinfeld, so tell me about your kids, what are they like? What are they like doing? And Jerry goes, you know what? I'm just sick to death of famous people going on about their kids. Kids, 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 my children do this, my children do that. Who cares? Let's be about us. Let's be about (laughs) us for a change. It's so brilliant. So it is absolutely everything you want it to be. Can do. I just mention something while you're talking about Jerry Seinfeld? Yes. Actually, two things. So as you know, I also love Jerry Seinfeld. Mm. And then I fell into, because Netflix have now got between all of the between yeah. two ferns up. Have you seen the Jerry Seinfeld? Yes. I hadn't seen it. Yeah. I didn't. So I was like, oh, I've watched all these before, but I'm going to watch them again. If you haven't watched Between Two Ferns, it is Zach Galifianakis interviewing people between, literally between two ferns. Um, he does Obama. I mean, he does everyone. Natalie Portman, Obama, Obama Brad Pitt. Mm. He does everyone. And he only he does it very, very sporadically. The lot last one he did was Jerry Seinfeld and it's absolutely brilliant but also coming up on Jerry Seinfeld is he's he's going doing a comedians in Colgate yes, coffee with Dave Chappelle yes, which yes. is my idea uh, of heaven yeah. that Seventh is absolutely my idea. your heroes comedy yeah. heroes coming yeah. together well, we share a Jerry Seinfeld love yeah. but I don't think you love Dave Chappelle in the way that I do no I like Dave I don't love him no. I like him a lot no 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 not in the same way <laughs> not in the same way yeah Oh yeah, that will be yeah. That new series of, of comedians and cars is on the seventh of July um, on the Netflix. Yes. Oh, I mean that is a dream. FYI, for me. and all twelve episodes drop, I believe. Oh, do they yeah. all at once? Oh In my Netflix god! Because previously that's been on a website, yeah. its own website thing. It started out as a kind of like promotional thing, didn't it? Yeah. Who's just doing Ellen DeGeneres? I think he's on it. Jerry no. Lewis, who's like ninety something years old. Oh my god! It's it. going to be yeah. incredible. Seventh um, of July, everyone. Seventh of July. I also wanted to mention um, the Westworld finale. I went to a screening <laughs> of that. Kate's already laughing. Yeah, I'm laughing because actually, before you say anything, I did tweet a picture from the Unmissables podcast of a picture of Boyd in a wanted poster. And that yes. was from the event you're going to yes. talk about now. Yes, they made a wanted poster, like an old fashioned Western, you know. Yes, I saw poster. it. I saw it. Most wanted. They really didn't, um, didn't. Um, brand it as Westworld. So if you if no, I just like no, it did look like you'd done something. It looks like a thing that I've done yeah. myself. Um, but <laughs> in your spare time, in, in, your, in, in your your spare room. time. So th- this goes out. Uh, our podcast goes out today on Tuesday. Um, the uh, Westworld finale went out on Sunday on um, H- on uh, Sky Atlantic, and it's a ninety-minute special. And um, all I wanted to say about it was is that it was really interesting to see the creators, Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan, who are a married couple. He's the brother of um, Christopher Nolan, the Ooh. legendary director. 
And he the actually per- wrote. The person who rescued Batman. Yeah, exactly. And he co wrote a lot of the not Dark Knight, or if not all the Dark Knight trilogy. He co- mm. Yeah, he's, they worked together a lot in the old days. Now he's this is his job, he's doing right. Westworld, so he's a busy man. <laughs> um, but it was really interesting because I've been slightly disappointed with the second season of Westworld. I don't know about you. Have you been kept up with it? I, ha- I mean, I have to say, it is watched very a lot in mm. my house because oh, Liam watches it a lot and he hasn't been as into it. Like yeah. the first season, he was really yeah. into and he Same. hasn't been in, as into this. I one. think for me, the problem, like in the middle of it, it kind of got very, it was like cross cutting between these three or four main characters and you were like, did it get too confusing? It was very, it's, it's very confusing. It's going across like at least two, if not three timelines. No. And not for you. <laughs> She's and, out. She, out. She hates, she hates and, different timelines. Yeah. yeah. And it cross cuts between these four or four main characters and they're kind of rather repetitively all traveling in the same direction but you don't quite know why. Why are they? Tra- what are they looking? They're all looking for something. You know, she's looking for a daughter. He's looking for the answers to what the hell is going on. So is this other guy. And it was all a bit oh, exhausting. If they tried too much, but, too hard. But it got they won me back. back. There was a brilliant episode following a an Indian, a Native American character, which was great. It was like a standalone thing, all about him, and it was mm. brilliant. And I have to say, I thought the finale was pretty amazing because okay. it's almost like this ninety minutes stunningly lavish film. It's so epic. And there's some incredible sequences in it. There's one slow motion that was quite near the beginning. I mean, as people, I can I can talk about it without spoiling it now because people will have seen it. Hopefully, fans mm. at the weekend. There's this slow motion thing where these mechanical, um, you know, robotic um, bulls kind of start invading Ooh. to the, the people, the, the hosts of the park oh, within where, and it's quite incredible image, mm. and it, it's it's really spectacular. And also, more importantly, I think I un- I finally understood kind of what they're all getting at, what the whole point of it is. Right. Which is that. I'm glad you did. Frankly, have humans actually got any free will? This is the really interesting question. So I'm leaving you with this huge oh, big philosophical... I'm not God. leaving you, but I'm planting this huge okay, goodbye, big then. philosophical well, I'm just going to have to mull that over question. for the next 40 minutes. I and don't think some, I can yeah, to this anymore. Someone asked Jonathan Owen about it. It's really interesting because mm. apparently in, 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 scientists, proper scientists who know what they're talking about, don't are th- now don't think we have. thinking we don't actually have yeah. free will. And you're, the way the brain works is you think you're making decisions. But like right not. now, my decision to put my hand on this desk that like I've just done. But in fact, before that even, I actually decided to take the decision, my brain was doing it for me. Do you know what? Oh, God. I, Joe, Ro- Joe Rogan has just done a really, really good podcast about there that. Um, talking, to scient- talking to a scientist about whether we actually right. have uh, yeah. free will is a thing that it's, exists for It's us. quite mind-blowing. Yeah, I mean, everything Joe Rogan does is brilliant. So yeah. if you look up his podcast, you'll be very happy. So I liked the uh, Westworld season finale, and I'm really interested in where it's going next. Next, it's going to go out into the world. So the next season three is what? going to be the, the... They're outside of the park. Yeah, outside of the park. Wow. The park. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And I've still got one more thing to say. Oh, my God. Two more things to say. Me. Sorry, oh. Kay. I know no, it's fine. Shut me up. The James Corden um, Carble Karaoke Paul McCartney is one of the greatest things ever seen. Oh, everyone's talking oh about that. Oh, my God. Have you seen it yet? No. So it goes out as we speak tonight on Sky One, but it's on. It's all on. Um, you know, it's on YouTube. On, on the his YouTube channel, channel, yeah. Yeah, twenty-three minutes of absolute joy. So he, he says he, it's the best one. It's a, he's it's ever the done. It's the best one ever. It's also it's more than just couple karaoke because um, they do a gig in a pub in Liverpool, a surprise gig in a small. Oh. Pub Can in you Liverpool. Imagine, imagine if you were in that there. pub? Right. Oh my and what God. you do, you see these people and their faces. They're just like, they're just going there yeah. for a quiet pint. Yeah, and then suddenly they exactly. go nuts. And it's so clever because James Corden kind of goes to the barmaid. Oh, I'm going to help you behind the bar, and so people see. James arrive first and somehow they keep it shielded off the fact that the band Paul McCartney's band is setting up and they just Just, start playing it's phenomenal he goes down Penny Lane he sings Penny Lane Um, then there's also another where he goes back to his house where he lived where he wrote the first Beatles songs with John Lennon and he literally goes we sat there and we wrote you know Love Me Do 
And it's like, it's pretty incredible. Wow. And in the middle of it, James gets really emotional because he talks about how, um, you know, his grandfather, his grandfather's a musician, his dad's a musician, and how they used to listen to Beatles songs and, you know, try and get him to listen to him together. And it's really moving. It's really, Doesn't really his dad sweet. Does he play the saxophone? Yeah, his dad played yeah. saxophone. He played it a lot on last night's episode oh, of, of the show. Oh. Yeah, with the band. Oh, that's yeah, a nice it was touch. Brilliant. Yeah. So the whole thing, and I think people, you know, it's interesting on Twitter because. People slag off James Gordon every I know, single day. I don't it's ludicrous. Know why. No one that, uh, because Do you know it can only be jealousy. It's not like that tall poppy syndrome, it is isn't that. it? It is tall it's poppy that. syndrome. He's so fantastic. Exactly. It's just like just be proud but this, of him. This everyone's suddenly gone, oh hold on a minute, this is brilliant. Yeah. Because he's giving going, back he's giving back to the just British every, it's people. undeniably without okay. and you cannot even if you're a hater. I don't understand why anyone would hate James Gordon. Are he's so funny and brilliant. I d yeah. I don't get it. And when you see you know, and he is he is the one, you know, he's come up with this thing. He drove it, he wanted to do it right from the start of um, the series mm. and you know they've all made it happen and it's absolutely everything you want it to be mm. 23 minutes with yeah. him bravo and one more thing Sicario 2 the film is good yeah I love Sicario 1 I did too it's a brilliant film you do miss Emily Blunt Oh, She's not in it at all. Okay. And I really like the fact that Sicario 1 was is, seen through name? her eyes. She was this newbie in this world yeah. of these macho American CIA, FBI people doing this, you know, kind of trying to deal with drug barons. Yeah. What's the guy in it? Well, I can't remember his name. Benicio Del Toro. Benicio Del Toro, yeah. that's it. So he's back and Josh Brolin's back and they're both great. And it's a good film. Is there a female but lead in it? There is not a female lead. Oh. And I'm I think out. that's a big lack. Okay. It feels less focused anyway. That's a lot. But I think oh, I yeah, that was a good list. I think really good. I thought they were all valid. Yeah, they are valid. They all earn their place at the table, yeah. Boyd. But it's time to move on to tweets, tweets before, before the meet. Now we've said last week that people have been on holiday, so we had it, we you had a slither of meat last week. Have people been getting it more was, in touch? It was so thin; it was like a bit of um, salami. Last oh, week. yeah, no prosciutto or something. Oh like yeah, prosciutto—that yeah. like oh, yeah. very yeah. wafer thin yeah. ham. Yeah. It's a bit thicker this week. Oh, well. What I'd say is there was a little bit of drama in the Twistphere last week with a bit of a tumultuous time. Oh. Blimey. Because last Tuesday, oh. we had to, and I'm, I mean, it makes me a bit sad to say this, we had to sack John Dan. <laughs> oh, dear. Right? We had to sack him. We had, well, our oh, hands yeah. were tied. Yeah. Because he committed the crime of putting the wrong menu up, right? Now, we, what a doofus. We, we don't do this for the love of, you know, just for the love of it. Well, we do it a bit, actually. Yeah. But, you know, John's one job... No. <laughs> Ooh, Lazy. His Careful. one job, he's scrunching his face he's up. Just phoning this, it in. He's is making this happen. Yeah, it's making this happen, recording it, making it not sound shit and putting the goddamn right menu up. And he put the wrong menu up. Anyway, so someone alerted us to the fact. Oh, hold yeah. on. It wrong, no, wasn't it the wrong episode? Oh, Apologia. I thought you put the wrong menu I, up. I think no. there should be an on-air yes. apology, Kay. Yes. From you to John Dan. I believe oh. you were the person who fired John Dan as well on the Twitter sphere. Okay, so to clarify, just Causing uproar. Listen, just just to clear something up then, it wasn't my fault and it wasn't John Dan's fault. It was at on her tiptoe feet, Mike. Mike lured me lured me into full sense of security Mike. thinking that John Dan had fucked up. He hadn't. I now apologize. So we collectively, brackets me, fired John Dan on Twitter for his now we know not error and um, it was about four or five hours that we were on a wieldy rudderless ship the I missed podcast. this whole thing because I was at a screening or something and um, I came back and I suddenly saw this this 
pandemonium in the unmissables well, community. I know. And I was furious because yeah. you'd say, you know, I mean, what were we going to do? I started a movement. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> let me read this out. So bearing in mind, it did look like John Dunn had put up the wrong menu because it was last week's menu. Didn't realise that certain tippy toes was getting involved and causing trouble. Then Steph started a movement which was basically down with John Down, down with John Down, come on, let's break his spirit. At which point... Unbelievable. Boyd well, Hilton got involved. Mean and girls. <laughs> it wasn't me. No, I just fired him like a swift, swift mm. getting dismissal. No, I wanted everyone to like, yeah. you know, I didn't rise wanna, up against. I didn't him. want to torch John Down. I just wanted him out of the equation. And then, um, yeah, Boyd tweeted in capitals, "Leave John Dan alone." <laughs> and then we all did. So he was reinstated. Mm. So I mean, John Dan. Well, I've just re- go on. Go on. Well, I've just realised it's funny enough because there was that old one there. I literally still have not for the. F- I think it's the first time in history of the Amistos I didn't tweet about the podcast this week because I saw what? that I was going to. Yeah. So do you think and that's I thought, John oh, fault? Is there a new one there? And then I got confused, and then I just forgot to do the whole thing. So now I feel like I've. How let do it people know it's on? If well, you exactly. Don't tweet does about it really it? exist? No, exactly. If I don't tweet about it. So does who's, it exist? To, who, who, who's who's to blame for this bit then? I'm blaming myself. Not John. No, not at all. No. Okay, so he doesn't have to be fired for the second time. I just want to keep up to date with if we're. But I only just realised that as you've told the story. Down with Boyd. Down with Boyd. You can get rid of me, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, so that was that was going on mainly on Twitter. It was just um, persecuting John. But the second thing is we did have a question and it was about um, Killing Eve. Yes, Killing and Eve. When, and when's it back on? Yes. Um, so you haven't got the name of it. Killing term, Eve. Killing Eve. Yeah, Killing Eve is the new um, comedy drama, espionage comedy drama um, from the BBC, it's been it, weirdly, it's been commissioned by BBC America, so it's already been on in America, and it's created by Phoebe Waller Bridge, oh. the brilliant oh. Phoebe Waller Bridge. Amazing. She was on Corden's chat show, pr- oh, plugging she? it. I mean, she's um, but annoyingly, for some reason, the BBC have not started showing it here yet, and I don't think it's going on here for a while. I don't see what? any. Yeah, I don't think. I think they're saving up to certainly. Why? Clearly, to the end of the world. Can you Cup watch it anywhere world. online or anything like that? Well, anywhere. Nothing can, illegally. No, stuff. But not. you know, like sometimes you can access BBC America if you search. Why you are BBC no, illegally? Okay, fine. Don't do I don't know why they're punching us. They don't know why they're they're. Um, but I'm. It is. You know, the reviews have been in America have been absolutely phenomenal. Really, she's not in it, by the way. It stars other people, but it's about two women. One of which, off the top of my head, it's it's about a um, espionage, a female spy, and her and someone else, an assassin maybe. And yeah, they, and yeah. And how they we, get we covered entwined. it in the mag. We did right. it on TV. Yeah. So, yeah. how does this BBC America thing work? Because we pay for it's BBC. It's its own channel. Well, no, so just, they just have the name. I think it's funded by BBC Worldwide, which is a kind of separate company now, which so, makes its own money by selling, you know, DVDs to all the and territories. Rights. Yeah, so they commission their own stuff, BBC America, <coughs> and including this. This is a big, their big commission, like one or two big things. A so year. we're not paying and it out the, BBC, the license fee. I don't think so. Okay, fine. Because otherwise, I was going to demand. But it's still weird. The BBC isn't showing it yet because it's a big delay. We need to get to the bottom. And of people this. really want to see it. Yeah. I just got to let you know that. That tweet was from Laura Jenkins. Good, you do have to. And okay, actually, Laura. Laura's the one with the poglet, oh, if you remember. Oh, yeah. Laura with yeah. our, first our, our next generation of listener. Um, and then finally, I did say on Twitter that we would be discussing this picture, which... <gasps> oh, Kate is holding aloft oh, yeah. a photograph of who I believe is John, John Malkovich, <laughs> and he is in a top hat, yeah. and he has got a very nice moustache and beard, and I believe that he is your favourite person, Hercule Poirot. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> or however that? you say that. Hercule Poirot. Hercule Poirot. It's a cold. Yeah, Poirot. Yeah. Um, so I said we'd have a little chat about that because how is everyone feeling about this picture that came out? I feel absolutely fine about it, Kate, because I'm not psychotic and I don't consider every Boyd. single new incarnation of Poirot to be some kind of insult Boyd. to well, your favourite version played by that, what's his name? 
David Suchet. David Suchet. This is a safe I, space to discuss it. Yeah, we, well, you know, remember, we all remember Murder on the Orient Express Gates when oh, you were furious I, with I, Ken Branagh. We, we absolutely cannot get I'm into that. No, I'm, I'm not reviving that. I'm saying, not going to get into that. That's the context. The context is you were furious with that version. You were furious yeah, with Yeah, but the, the not, difference not, with this one fair. is, okay, so we're talking about the BBC adaptation of the ABC murders, murders. By, Sarah by Sarah Phelps, Phelps the queen Phelps-y. of Christmas the brilliant Phelps. Christmas, Christy Phelps. Christmas Christy The queen. The pervert. The genius, the pervert, the genius pervert of modern well, day Now we're calling her that just BBC. to give you some context because when she did um, yes. Ordeal by Innocence, yes. she was branded a pervert yes. for, you know, yes. And also she brings ending. stuff out at Christmas. Yeah. Although so actually, Ordeal by Innocence went out earlier this year rather than at Christmas because it was because of the delay. They had to refilm it. Remember? I think it sounds nice to call. I, mean, I'm, I'm, I guarantee you, this Let's... ABC Murders will be on at Christmas. Anyway, I right. could not be more excited because I she is a genius, as we've said, the mm-hmm. pervert genius, Sarah yeah. Phelps. Yeah. <laughs> and I love John Malkovich, and I think he's brilliant. He's he doesn't great in Billions. If you if you watch any of Billions, yeah, Billions yeah. is amazing. Um, he's completely in live in Billions. He's brilliant in everything. It needed something. It did. It Correct. really did. I agree. And so I cannot be more excited. I have to say, Kay, when I I read this news only yesterday, and the first thought in my mind was, how the F is Ribeiro (laughs) going to take this? That's honestly what I thought. I think think Phelps felt the same, and the BBC, and Malkovich. Let me just tell everyone that I'm cautiously excited about this. The the concept of her adapting this, the ABC murders. Fine. I'm not against it, because I really liked Ordeal by Innocence, as you remember. I loved it, even though she had changed the ending, and I'm usually a purist. Yeah. But that's because it wasn't a Poirot novel. That's why I think I was quite cavalier with yeah, that, right? Course, Fine. Yeah. So as you could, you know, I'm mm. sure you can understand that I'm a little bit nervous with yeah. this because if she starts messing with Poirot, <laughs> then I might have There'll a different... Where is it going to end? There'll be hell to pay. What I would say is, and I'm sorry to swear, just don't fuck with Poirot. <gasps> Yeah. So as you long should, as, as, as she's respectful, why don't you DM her? She's great on. She's brilliant on Twitter, Sarah mm. Phelps. Phelps-y, is David Suchet? Known. Oh, is passed on? Has he passed on? No, he's alive. <laughs> on Twitter. Oh, I think I might have asked this before. But why then what is do you keep he thinking these days? I don't, because I don't understand why other people are doing Poirot. Well, that's the question I ask myself every own, day. He, they adapted. As far as I'm aware, McKay's the expert. All of them. All of the mm-hmm. Poirot books. Yeah. On ITV. Across what seven eight years or something, yeah. And he was he, that was his job doing that. And then yeah. when they and finished, he did other they finished stuff. and he did other stuff. And now he's doing other stuff. He doesn't want to go back. So now every now and then, like the film, the Ken Branagh film that Kay loves so much, and this Travesty. very exciting Phelpsy yeah. exploring getting into the world of um, Poirot is is a different thing. Isn't it? It's a completely different thing, new new world. And okay. these are much more. Those were well, Kay's going to get annoyed with me, but in my mind, oh. those were quite great. Some of them great traditional. Very solid, good tea, ta- tea time favorites adaptations. Tea time favorites. Phelps, what Phelps does is something much more, much darker, yes. more challenging, I bolder, agree with that. daring. Mm-hmm. All of Bold and daring. And I it is going to be, and it is going to be interesting to see if the if the Poirot loving Agatha Christie yeah. fan community, w- of which it, you are the leader, <laughs> it w- it's going to be interesting. All I say is respect Poirot, right? Don't and that's my last word. Okay, fine. But I'm, I'm cautiously excited. This is a very late. Um, Thank you for the tweet and what's it called? Tweets and meets or something? Tweets, tweet, tweet and greet. Tweet, 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 tweet and greet. Although tweet, tweet meet sounds tweet like meat. sweet meat. Yeah. Great. It's a new, maybe it could be a new franchise. Um, let's move on to the meat of the meat. <laughs> Beginning with <laughs> the misadventures of Ramesh Ranganathan. Kay is our yeah. is our very much she our is. Ramesh Raghunathan correspondent. Yeah, yeah. And she's already name dropped. She interviewed him this week for Heat magazine. Gone to the front line. Yeah. She loves him. She hangs out with him. I mean, once when I interviewed him. 
explain what the fuck. Oh, no, we changed him at the NTAs. Oh, yeah, he has been in our NTA shoot. He has been in our BAFTA shoot. He's a friend of Heat. Friend of Heat. And also, just before I say what the the, um, program's about, when I interviewed him, I did tell him about the Unmissables podcast. And um, I just casually extended the invite to him. Would you want to come on? Like, just, you know, mooted it. He's bang up for it. He wants to come on. He wants to chat to us. Jimmy's going to take my place or Steph's place. Um, be you and well, excuse me. He'll be taking your place. Thanks very <laughs> fine, much. Fine. I'm on holiday soon, so it'll be good. Um, right. Okay. So yes, tell us what this is. Okay. So um, as you know, there's a big like kind of franchise of comedians doing travel logs these days. Um, often going to glamorous places, sipping on cocktails. But you know, we have got um, Jack, White- Jack Whitehall, Whitehall and his dad, Dara Brian, Brian. Yeah. Um, who else we had? We had loads. Michael basically. Palin. Oh yeah, of course. Oh, yes. classic, Michael Palin. Oh, that's Richard Ayoade. Oh no, yes. Simon Reeves is actually that's his only job. <laughs> the trip. He's not we've had loads yeah. of them. Yes. Anyway, we've had loads of them. He's doing something similar, but instead of going to glamorous places, he's going to some of the most depressing and dangerous places in the world. And the reason why he's doing oh, that is because he wants to see, you know, show everyone them and say, look, actually, should we be going to them? Should we be like be, you know, trying to break some of the myths? Yeah, um, dispel them and say. These places are actually quite nice. Well, we'll soon see if they are. And he goes to Albania, Ethiopia, and the first episode is um, set in Haiti, which, as we all know, was described um, by President Trump as a shithole and suffered an earthquake in 2010. So he heads there and he um, has a look around. He's got a really nice guide called Jeremy. He's a Oh, Jez is fantastic. <laughs> he's a journalist and a really sweet guy who kind of like chaperones Ramesh around and protects him because he does go to places like very dangerous territories um where there's rival gangs he goes to the slums um he goes to places that were like really devastated Seek by the Soleil, earthquake doesn't he, he yeah goes to the, which is the an incredibly dangerous place yeah. um which he said he was absolutely shitting about it going yeah. to because basically no matter how much shitting. you've completely got completely impoverished places <laughs> shitting, shitting it. about it <laughs> <laughs> he was shitting about it yeah because he had it like security with him but what can they do if someone yeah. pulls a gun on him exactly um, and but he does do nice stuff like he goes to some waterfalls and like nice places and he also takes part in a voodoo ceremony because he expresses um, the fact that like well first of all they have Haitian voodoo there as um, sort of religion and he expresses um, that he has anxiety sometimes and so he said you know maybe voodoo can help me with this so he takes part in a, a ceremony and with some chickens with some chickens which as a vegan he doesn't want to be slaughtered and he does some kind of rapping as well doesn't he? yeah he yeah. freestyles with um, a local uh, musician yeah yeah well we all know that Kay holds a very big candle yeah for Ramesh can you stop saying candle it implies that like you know Something what? untoward's going on. No, untoward. Is something untoward going no, on? I, I can confirm nothing untoward is nothing, going on. No, I, okay. I Well, I apologise. I do find it very, very funny. I'm a big fan. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying she holds a fan candle. Yeah. It's a yeah. fan <laughs> candle. She's got a fan size candle. A fan size candle. A fan candle. A fan candle. Do you, uh, how do you feel about Ramesh Ranganathan going to Haiti for an hour on your TV screen? I am deeply in love with Ramesh Ranganathan, as is Kay. Even oh, so you do hold a candle, you're proud to admit <laughs> oh, yeah, you hold no, a candle. Listen, you're I've got my candle, I'm like holding it up. Um, yes, no, he is, ha- yeah, he, no, he is happily married and he mentions his wife a lot and that's very good for them both. Um, <laughs> and as are you, happily married. Yes. Oh yeah, we should no, mention married. that. Just yeah. married. To the Amber um, George. Just married, please. Yeah. Um, yes, I absolutely love this because in my eyes, Ramesh Ranganathan can do no wrong because his specific 
brand of comedy I just find so funny. He's just deadpan. I just love him. Dry. Yeah, just dry humour. And I also think he's doing something. I, I kind of thought when this first started, how is he going to make all these impoverished places how is he going to make this funny without mm. seeming like, because, oh, actually, I'll just go back to my nice life in Crawley now. Um, how is he going to deal with that? And actually, he does it kind of expertly. And there's a, at the end of it, the kind of roundup of what, when he's talking about it, because he does measure it against other tourist places and sort of says, well, is this a place you should come? Uh, no, maybe you'll go to Portugal, blah, blah, blah. But responsibly, if we're talking about responsible tourism, maybe these places need us to go to them. And he does do that. Like, he goes to the really nice part of Haiti with the beautiful beaches and um, actually nice swimming pool and everything like that, as well as going to the places with no running water or electricity, which are shocking and upsetting. But at the same time, he manages to kind of you know, make it make it seem informative yet humorous. And I think he's a master at doing that. It's brilliant. I loved it. Loved every minute of it. Okay, did it live up to your Romesh Ranganathan-based <laughs> expectations? Yes, it did. I agree with everything Steph said. And I think I like, because it doesn't seem, obviously with travel shows like this, they all, obviously all are contrived in some way, but this doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it, and does it? it never feels no. like he's kind of taking the piss out of the locals. He's very respectful about it because, you know, obviously when you're talking about stuff like voodoo, which in, in the episode with the voodoo, for example, they're doing stuff like they're taking powders of leave me alone powder, adding it with a deodorant and spraying him with it, which yeah. to other people, you know, I'm sure they would just be laughing in their faces or, you know, of the voodoo master. Yeah. But he's very respectful and, you know, the humour comes from what's happening rather than him, you know, kind of mean-spiritedly taking the piss out of them. So, yeah. Oh, that would be awful. It's kind of it, but like no, I, I just think yeah, yeah, it would be easy just to take like in a very yeah. snarky way. Yes. But he manages to kind of straddle the kind of eyewitness reportness of it mm. in, in terms of like showing us like this is this is a place that had a horrendous earthquake and actually is they've re the only thing they've rebuilt I believe like to a better state than it was is this strange um, marketplace where they get all the not straight not strange but it's like kind of strange looking mm. marketplace. Um, and that's the only, that's the only thing they've got this gorgeous cathedral nothing's been rebuilt because they just don't have the infrastructure and they don't have the money coming in and most people in Haiti are surviving um, in the poorest parts on less than a dollar a day mm. which is shocking mm. it is incredible yeah he, he, he he's very honest about it isn't he he's, he's honest about the um, dilemma which is that on the one hand he wants to say everyone should go there to help with their um, economy and tourism. But on the other hand, he says they're not really ready for it because there no. isn't anything. You go there and you feel guilty because he was... And there's a brilliant bit where it's the transparency of it, isn't there? He, he's literally standing there going, I'm not sure we should have filmed that with a bit where he meets the yeah. poor kids, yeah, the kids yeah, living, yeah. On, living on in poverty. It, and he found it upsetting. He found yeah, it it's upsetting. obviously you'd be, you'd be inhuman to not be upset mm. by it. But I still think it's even more um, brilliantly honest yeah. Because he kind of talks us through the dilemma and says, I'm not even sure if we should have filmed it or we should show it. And then says, I'm not sure we should be here. And then he says, I'm not sure if I should come back as a tourist. It's all. And of yeah. course, that's it is complicated. Life well, I is. Th that's part of his charm is that he yeah. feels like every man. Oh, no, right? completely. He's yeah. just yeah. like. But right from the start, I thought it was brilliant because you mentioned all the different um, travelogue, celebrity travelogue mm. programmes. They go, they run through that at the beginning. He's very yeah. funny where he stands <laughs> there going, well, you know, where should we go? I could yeah. go to India now. Joan has been there. Every Michael Payne has been everywhere. So it's like he, he even addresses the absolutely true fact that every single celebrity is doing a travelogue program. Yeah. Of some I think kind. Bravo tends Recently, to find a niche, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's a good niche. But I mean, also there, with, a message, a similar, with a message. With a message. There was, has been, there have been some similar shows to this. So, for example, there was a great series I really liked on BBC Two where 
duos of celebrities went on some of the most dangerous roads and um, journeys that you could go on. Mm. Oh, David right. Baddiel did one, and that, that, that was it was quite similar. And, and there's another show, and I was trying to find out what it was. And I so felt, what we're saying is this is derivative. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. So what I'm saying is he because he's so brilliant. And because they go to these specific three places, mm. which I haven't seen covered in this way, no. um, as in the celebrity travelogue uh, genre, it, they're great. And, and I, it, he, he is absolutely brilliant. I love him. Yeah, and I it think... was fantastic. And brilliant. And, and the way he gets his the, the Jeremy guy, because in all these shows, you know, they've all got they've got um, people who are helping them out, experts mm. in the local area, and it's up to the producers and the researchers to find these people. In this, they make a whole thing of the fact that, that he becomes his buddy for the duration of the show. Yeah, and that Jeremy and takes great. a piss out of yeah, them. Yeah, and they have, their relationship yeah, it's very is really sweet. funny. It's very, and by the end of it, they're calling each other brother, yeah. and it's really nice. And they nice. go diving off that bloody yeah. cliff, which oh my is God. unbelievable. But, it, but what the point that he makes, which is so amazing, is, okay, so Haiti is an island nestled in, in the Caribbean, nestled between are these other huge tourist islands, and he was saying that basically 5,000 people, tourists went to Haiti last year, and some ridiculous, like millions yeah, of tourists went yeah, to all the other yeah. their Caribbean islands. Um, but they're nestled in the same area, and they all have the same potential yes. to be these huge tourist traps where people would love because they have these beautiful beaches. And I think it's, it's kind of responsible journalism and reporting that actually he's doing as well, which is, which is great. Oh, without doubt. He, um, you know that bit at the, when he jumps off the yeah. uh, waterfall because it it's really dangerous looking, isn't it? Because yeah. it's like it's yeah. such a sheer drop, and then it looks like there's rocks everywhere. And he said basically, the producer said, "Look, you know, go up there, and if you don't feel comfortable, whatever, just come down. It's fine." And he said he got up there, and basically the way down was more dangerous than jumping, and they knew oh, that wow. probably. Wow. So they knew that yeah, he, ultimately you'd probably have to, yeah. you know, just yeah. jump off, see yeah. what happens. That is incredible. Yeah, I think um, I'm going to guess that we're all going to love the oh. star rating is going to suit to reflect our love for the misadventures of Ramesh Ranganathan. How many stars are you giving it? Kay? I'll give it five stars. Steph? Five stars, Ramesh. It's a five from me. The Misadventures of Ramesh Ranganathan starts next Sunday, the 1st of July on BBC One. No, BBC Two. Oh, Phew. boy. Don't Sweet. go tuning in BBC One expecting to see because it's not going to be on. It's not on BBC One. No, these are the basics. Football on yeah. BBC One, I think, almost certainly. Um, next, we go on to another foreign climb. <laughs> That's my great... <laughs> Such a great um, DJ-style link. link yeah. To Walter Presents, which is the strand... It's the overall name for all the foreign stuff that Channel yeah. 4 buys. Who's yeah. Walter? Walter's a real guy. Who um, came up with the idea, I think, of having its own like pop yeah, channel? Yeah, haven't you seen those subset? adverts that yeah. have Walter in it? Which Walter. Say, Walter likes this, yeah. and then Walter likes yeah. that. I think Walter he's presents. German, yeah. I mean, are you doing a generic German accent? I was accent doing a generic everything? German accent, <laughs> but I've seen him talk, and I've even met him. I met him on a radio show. And you I'm met sure Walter? I did meet Walter, yeah. Yeah. Bong, he's a lovely guy. Yeah. Um, sorry, yeah. Name dropping Walter of Walter Presents <laughs> fame. This is the new. What they do now a lot, Channel 4, is they'll show you the first episode on the main channel, Channel 4. Oh, right. Um, which is this is happening next Sunday at 10.15. Oh. Um, Night and Day is this Spanish series. But then the rest of it immediately afterwards is on um, all four. The on whole, their, whole you thing. Binge. Whole thing, binge. Oh. So it's like. We'll That's give good. you yeah if you if we think this is good enough and if you excited about what we're about to tell you about our verdict on night and day this Spanish um, uh, thriller crime thriller then you can see the whole thing yeah so Steph I feel you are our crime lover fine I will do it this is even though I had to read crime. the whole show you had to read the show you don't like a reading show I don't a subtitled show how did you oh no well tell us what this is about first okay so. 
Sarah. So, so this based in Barcelona. Okay, Barcelona. Barcelona. Such a beautiful horizon, Barcelona. Do you remember that song? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, Sarah is a forensic pathologist. Okay, so she gets the bodies and she tells you how that person has passed. And she is very well respected. Everybody loves her. She's got a really nice husband who's got a horrendous job. He's like heads up a pharmaceutical company and he's a really high powered exec. Not to contradict you, which I'm going to do. Oh, I think he's a nasty bastard. Oh, right. But anyway, yeah. Well, you didn't say he wasn't a nasty bastard. You said he's a really nice husband. Did you Shut say up. that? No. 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 Bet you a million pounds. I don't think... You, I don't think... Really I, think I, I, I didn't hear her say a lovely million. husband, but not a nice person. Oh. Anyway. I didn't say that. I didn't say it, but I did say lovely husband. If anyone could rewind immediately to what we just said. Okay. Okay. If just all you know is in. I won't be here next week because I'll be living off the million pounds. <laughs> so anyway, her husband, he's nice to her, but as Kay says, he's not very nice in business. No. <laughs> In his multinational pharmaceutical he's, he's company, a, yeah, he works for a pharmaceutical company, and he actually works with one of their very with one of their very good friends, which you'll see when you watch this show. <laughs> anyway, so 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 they are in the process of potentially having a child. So they are going through. They um, meet with a doctor, and they're going to go through the IVF process. Mm. And so the whole uh, the the thread running through it is: Do they want to have children? Um, and is is she going to sign the forms to have? to like start the whole treatment process now you get the sense from her that she's a little bit of an interesting character i don't want to give any spoilers away but a body comes in at the beginning of the show you see that there's been a crash um a body comes in she needs to identify who this person is and for some reason she thinks that she knows who this person is via his tattoo I think we can say that. Can we? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Here we can say this, fine. All right. Yeah, it's the premise, as I often say. Okay. Via his tattoo. (laughs) At the same time, uh, police are uh, investigating um, the murders of what seems to to be a string of murders of someone killing lovely old ladies in their own homes. Oh, called the granny killer. That's not nice, is it? (laughs) But anyway. Also, it doesn't sound so terrifying, does it, in English? The granny killer. No, no. So these kind of two things are going on in tandem. Mm. So you're sort of learning about Sarah and her relationship with her husband, and her husband's got some other s- stuff going on at work. Um, there's much more to Sarah than meets the eye, and at the same time, she's been called. They've got a new recruit um, in their team, and they are investigating this granny killer. Anything more would be to spoil it, and I don't want to be spoiler Steph as I normally am. I think you've summed it up. Have I? Joyously. Great. Um, Okay, if you, but if you did say that her husband's a yeah, lovely guy, that's definitely not true. He's a piece of work, isn't he? Oh, he is a nasty bastard. I would refer you to your note you've written down, Boyd, in the circle, which says... Tosser. <laughs> yeah, he's he's nice referred to, to... Well, he's referred... No, the reason I wrote that down is, <laughs> is because in the middle of... In the show, because obviously yeah. it is, it is, it is a Spanish language. It, he's called referred to as a tosser. Yeah. They refer to each other as tossers. And I, I, I didn't note down what the Spanish word for tosser was, but maybe you know, Kay, because you are a bit of a Spanish language expert. Well, you can do... Well, also, I would say this is in Catalan, not Castilian. Oh, so actually, more. Don't you speak both? No, I speak oh. Castilian, but I can understand this. But there's certain words that are just completely different. Yeah. There's a little bit of facts for you. That's yeah. Good yeah. Catalonia. So yeah. yeah. But um he is a nasty bastard. I really liked I love a foreign drama and as you know I'm big in the Spanish um, foreign drama scene. You are oh, yeah. Do you remember? What's that one? No um you know who you are. Yeah. You know who you no, are. No, I know who you are. <laughs> someone knows who someone is. Yeah. Yep. Do we Sick know who we is. are? <laughs> um God, I've just realized it's been a few weeks since I talked about that. I know. I know it's very remiss. You're Sherlock. <laughs> uh, well this is my new thing. Yeah. It really is. I really like it because You've got an intelligent, career-driven woman here who 
is clearly like very complex. She likes sleeping around. I'm saying it is part of the premise. Oh. She does. She likes sleeping around. Listen. She likes sex. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. She likes um, drinking. She likes drinking. She likes sex. Um, and I really thought she was a very interesting character. That's like a real mm. hook for me. Plus the friendship she has with um, her colleague who she explains to... Atori. Yeah. She explains what's going on in her family life oh, cool. and the you know the dilemma she has about whether she wants a baby or doesn't. And then she explains about um, her infidelities and stuff. And I really like their little partnership. Mm. I think it's mm. really good. And I will, I'm excited to watch the rest of it because it's very intriguing. It was intriguing. I found, I have to say, I found the husband a bit much to take. Bit of an overactor. A bit of an overactor, and also, mm. what I mean, I'm getting into detail of, of the um, of the first episode, but it kind of jumps from them having this consultation with their doctor about having the artificial insemination, and him like, the quite emotional thing, and then the, then he goes to the boardroom of this where he meets with his, the salespeople in this company, he's and he's balls. ridiculously horrible. He's to over them. the top. It's too much, and I just thought. But then it's qualified, I think, later on why he d- he does that kind of actual overacting. It is qualified. Oh, I I'm not blaming him. I'm blaming the script. I think I think you know the script was like more subtlety. Yeah, it needs to be more right. So I'm going to be slightly unfair now. I'm going to start comparing it to likes of the bridge. You know, these great. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry, but in this day and age, you got it's fair. People want to know, don't they? People. Yeah. People, okay. Fine. So yeah, what yeah. I'm saying is, if the bridge is the Rolls Royce of crime drama mm, of, of mm. then we might as well give up that's what no, I no 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 I'm not saying give up at all no 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 no. what I'm saying is for me this is like you know on a I'm trying to think of an example of maybe of a silent witness although silent witness actually has got really good in recent years but if, if people most, if you think of silent witness as a solid mainstream mm. you know not not outstanding but very watchable crime drama I think this night and day is like the Spanish equivalent of that I don't think it Spain's the bridge no, no, or no, the no. killing. No. It's kind of mid-level, and it's just, worth watching. I'd say. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah. I enjoyed it, and I, and I, you know, I, I probably will carry on watching it as well. But you know, it doesn't feel like essential. But I did enjoy it, Steph. I'm going to shock you because I really, really yeah, enjoyed okay. it, and I, oh, I yeah. thought I really, really enjoyed it. And the testament to me really enjoying it was I started watching it at one a.m. last night, what? and considering I had to read it, which you know is not what I like to and do and you're barely functioning and I'm barely functioning um, I was gripped I yeah, really liked wow. it and the ending of this um, first episode ensures that you are gripped yeah there's a teaser for the second it's episode a, it's absolutely brilliant I loved her I thought she was a really fascinating character and mm. you know what I really like about it because you know I think you think that they're you know that these things are going to have layers but it seems it's got like I think even more layers than you think it's going to have. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like yeah. it could just have one kind of secret yeah, thing. Yeah, I know. But yeah. Densely layered. Densely layered. It <laughs> yeah. really is. Yeah. I really like it. I often say that in a preview. You do. Densely yeah. layered. You um, have a densely layer. No, I did, I did enjoy it. What I was going to say, sorry, but I, may, I forgot to finish my point about the, the guy, the scene with the guy being horrible to his colleagues. Yeah. Is I just felt those certain moments were slightly unsubtle and over the top whereas you, you, the brilliance of something like the bridge is how brilliantly mm. modulated and judged every one of those moments is and it makes you appreciate it made me appreciate how hard it is actually to keep every single scene in a something like this believable and real and yeah that's, of course that's tough. the bridge it, is a class act yeah, oh, it feels like classic, um, what do they usually is, put these Scandi, dram- Scandi dramas what do they usually have them on like Scandi crime yeah, BBC dramas 4, BBC 9 o'clock but this is Channel 4 Saturday night well, yeah because this is, but they have loads you, right, should, you should go. You should check out all four because there's loads all the whole Water Presents thing there's, they it's buy Steph, it is honestly okay. every week there are like two or three new foreign dramas many mm. of which are crime crime yeah. thrillers and okay. some they often show okay. episode one and then they put it all available Dicta okay, well, Dicta do we do Dicta oh, no, 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 no but I watched Dicta oh well, I, season yeah, three I, re- that's on I, I really like that series three is on yeah. its way next week oh week okay yeah. fine there you go Water Presents Night and Day Nick on the channel four 
Nicht in der. Sounds German. Yep, yep. everything does with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is on Channel 4, Sunday, the 1st of July at 10.15pm, and then all on all four, as I said. Well, finally. That's good. Did that we give it a star rating? I'm not going to give it a star rating. Before finally we, we leave this subject, how many stars are you going to give it? Kay. I'm giving it four stars. I'm also going to give it four stars. I'm going to give it three and a half. What? what? Yeah. Such a stingy oh, rude. Why? Because oh, it's not the bridge. Yeah, yeah, but the only bridge. rubbish thing. You can't just say everything's not the bridge and give it three and a half stars. That's my honest. Oh, okay. Sorry. Fine. Deal Ooh, with those three it. And a half, those three and a half stars are going to come in handy when you're talking about the next thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what, a great, what a great bit of Steph. She's already on it. Steph has made her feelings clear <laughs> in this early stage of the fourth series of John Bishop in conversation with on the W channel, which is UK TV's kind of, you know, big posh channel. Where is it? Yeah, is they have posh? A of, yeah, okay. they have all their posh stuff on W. Um, described by the Times, no less, as the most revelatory chat show on TV. Oh, for God's sake, someone's been paid to write Don't that. be horrible. Well, it's not the most revelatory well, chat. Well, oh, yeah. the point is, the point oh. is that this is a show, it's not like a chat show, where, you know, Graham Norton has seven guests on, seven A-listers on, they're all talking about their favourite anecdotes. This is a one-to-one. It's one a one-to-one, one. one person for an hour, in-depth, about their life, and the Bish, John Bishop, probes them and brings out all of their kind of, you know, emotional moments. And it's, I think, I mean, I'm biased because I did host Bong. Hands up, yeah. I hosted the launch event for this. And I, interv- I interviewed the interview. I interviewed John Bishop about the Bong. process he goes through. Bong. And he's really interesting. And I think this is, a, I've, I love this kind of stuff. I love, this is equivalent of, you know, one of those podcasts, of a Mark Maron podcast, which we love. Where, oh, you know, I do love Mark Maron, yeah. Yeah. Where, and this is the closest you get to that on TV, where he is... In depth, and it's a conversation. It's a natural conversation. Um, you know, he's not got loads of prepared questions on a clipboard or anything like that. I like the flow of it. I think he's very engaging. And the first one is with Professor Green, who I also am a big fan of. I think he's great, and he's incredibly honest about everything. I feel I'm reviewing it now already. Really, I was Fine, describing it and reviewing go, it at the same time. Why um, not? I liked how he's very honest about um, you know his his what's happened to his, when he was stabbed. Incredible yep. insights into that. Um, into his relationship with Millie McIntosh, which went wrong, and they, you know, they end up got div- getting divorced. Just generally, the suicide of his dad. Suicide of his dad. His documentary um, filmmaking. His documentary filmmaking. Thank you. Um, everything. Just not one moment of him dissembling or being a bit, you know, like reluctant to address anything that has been asked of him. And that's quite unusual, I think. I felt every single moment of this conversation was both of them being honest. I thought it was great. Steph, you are the famous Bish Doubter. I am going to do a gigantic (gasps) reverse ferret. Because I actually, not on the acting, he's terrible at that. Let's just to be clear. But this was absolutely brilliant. And what I've decided is the genius of John Bishop, okay, is that he allows the interviewee the space and time to actually say something, which is a really big skill. And I understand that it's because it's the in conversation with, but he kind of just, even just his body language, when he sits back, he is genuinely interested. I have to say, I do give a lot of credit to the fact that Professor Green is wonderful and amazing and a hugely fascinating human being anyway, and has got a lot to say because so many things happen to him. He's like multifaceted human being. But I thought John Bishop dealt with him so well. I mean, I don't think just anyone could interview Professor Green and get that much emotion out of him 
Um, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I think everyone needs to watch this, actually. this Even if you don't watch any of it, yeah. this particular one is kind of a bit of a... a a lesson in how to interview mm. someone if you want to get the best out of them. And actually, my big issue when we reviewed it before was I did not think that we could call him in de- an in-depth reviewer. And I think interviewer. now... Interviewer, sorry. Um, and I think with this one, he has done exactly that. He's got an in-depth interview from Professor Green. Wow. wow. I know. Yeah. I think this should be like, this audio clip should be like saved... And played over and again. Maybe we have to. I do give out. Professor Green a lot of credit for being incredibly interesting, though. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is true. I mean, mm. he is a fascinating subject. Yeah. But he sits back and lets him lets him say yeah, things that I don't. Yeah. Listen. That's listens. the key. He's yeah, a great a listener, listener, which is very important. Very yeah. important, yeah. as we yeah. all know. Listen. 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 <laughs> um, do you know what? Last time we talked about him, one of the things that was raised is that he is no Piers Morgan, right? He doesn't ask the probing killer questions. But I think we he doesn't get that. Can I just make one point before you Remember say that? Because it, it is about that. Space right. to my talk. main issue was <laughs> my main issue was that Piers Morgan, because I, I just want to clear this up. Piers Morgan digs deep and he gets headlines. That was my main issue because he got a headline out of Kim Cattrall. Now, what I would say is before I even watch this, the headline that came out of it was him talking about Millie McIntosh, which to me is what qualifies someone as being an in-depth interviewer. <laughs> What? I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just right. saying. Listen, but before no, now, like, no, 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 now it's now my turn to talk. Right, stop. <laughs> Basically, that is what you did say about Piers Morgan. And that was mm. your opinion that um, John Bishop wasn't. But my point is that actually, even though he doesn't, in inverted commas, ask the killer deep probing questions that Piers Morgan is, you know, supposedly does and get those headlines. Actually, you've got the same kind of um, big, you know, revelatory answers, honesty from Professor Green just by making a warm, relaxed environment and asking less probing questions, but still getting the same... Kind of but that's results. down to Professor Green's life being interesting, and he did. And this interview has I got a lot of headlines a, already, so that that has that's made headlines. To, yeah, but, but yeah, because jo, because John Bishop asked him in a yeah. way like, do you know I'm what I'm trying? Can, what listen, can, you, yeah, wait, can I, I just say right? Yes. So if, <laughs> if, if this if this yes, let's all Still fucking listening. listen. <laughs> if if Piers Morgan was doing this interview, right? So Professor Green, he himself brought up the Millie McIntosh divorce, um, and he like started talking about it. Now, if this was Piers Morgan, Piers Morgan would go in for the kill. He'd want all the acrimony. Mm. He'd want all the details. Yeah, and. And I don't think, like with John Bishop, actually, he kind of skirted around it and didn't actually go there, but said, you know, actually his interesting point was, he's like, I don't really put you in the same world as her. And just through saying that, he got Professor Green to talk about the fact that Millie McIntosh actually, you know, she surrounds herself with people who are actually incredibly fake. And he went on to talk about that. And so yeah, just so by he, not asking the, the the obvious questions, the tabloidy questions, he was able to extract I, that. I think actually the skill is not him not saying anything, like not saying anything at all and letting Professor Green say that. I think Piers Morgan's impatient interview, impatient interviewing, and I agree with you, he's an impatient interview. I think he would have probably got the same out of him, but not in such a, not in such a nice way. So I I do agree with you. Do well, we'll never know, you. but I I, th- I agree with I, I think I know what came. I think what came. I agree with Kate because I think the point is is that Piers Morgan would have bl- would have gone in going in 1997 the way yes. the year it was. It's a different you style. It's just a different style. Blah, 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 blah. What I'm saying is, you're saying think, it's unnecessary. No, no, no. I'm not even. Let him say it. The compa- it, I think the results yielded from a more conversational, less confrontational, yeah. less tabloidy, I'm using that word, I'm throwing it in, style 
is you get better results. You get more honesty. If you're looking for honesty, you're always going to go. Obviously, if you if you, I mean, I don't even think Piers Morgan's aggressive. Piers Morgan is looking for the headlines and looking for the getting the crime. Yeah. You know that format of that show is very specifically. It, you know, it's it's very formatted, literally, isn't yes, it? Yes, you know? to get those headlines. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I've watched episodes. Sometimes it's great, and I'm not. By the way, I think the thing that Piers Morgan is best at in his whole life is interviewing people. I think he's yeah. pretty good at it. For, at, I mean, know, he's been I'm a not, tabloid editor yeah, for so many he's years. He's the most he's annoying man at... in the world, but he is pretty good. Oh, he's horrendous. His interview with um with um obviously uh, the president uh, oh, Trump was the worst thing ever. But and I think I'm guaranteed John Bishop would have got more out of Donald Trump than him. But I think. This what this shows is that the conversational style, making it a safe place, safe That's space. It, yeah, I agree. I yields agree. more honesty in terms of this kind of thing, and I don't think so. Specifically, in answer to Kay's point, I don't think Piers Morgan have got as much out about about that specific t- topic as we got in this show because I think he well, would have even, been more okay. on the defensive. Even about the dad's suicide, I don't think yeah. he would. Because no, right. I think other keep going on about the Piers Morgan. That format is just not real. <laughs> This is real, better results. I think... With all these people, I think all these people, I think, you know, I think um, probably, for example, I'm going to throw in other people I've seen on it. Brendan Cole is on it. And it, honestly, you won't, we won't you see it. It's quite incredible the stuff he gets from him. About, oh, really? Yeah, the goings-on in Strictly and, oh, and all wow. that stuff, yeah. And I think if he would go on Piers Morgan I, in the battling an eyelid, I still think these results are going to be better. I, I, I don't know whether he would. I think, actually, the, the feel is, is that at the end of the interview, and this happens with the Professor Green one, you get the sense that those two people will speak again and be friends and I think that's what you get from John Bishop and I think when people were interviewed by Piers Morgan they couldn't give a F or Jeff if they ever see Piers Morgan again but actually he makes a connection with people and that's why Mike, I'm doing a complete reverse ferret on him I totally am yeah. he, he does seem to be able to make a bond with pe- with, yeah. with anyone yeah. that he's interviewing the best thing and, he does. I, and I do I am very impressed yeah. by that I think like as all of us we interview for a living I think the best thing you can ever do is to like create a warm environment yeah. and just listen and allow them to breathe. And that's what he does. And I think that's why he's a yeah. good interviewer. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. In years of, you know, I mean, no way am I comparing myself to him. But when, you know, we, we have quite structured ways of interviewing people, I always think a conversation is the best way. And that, and that, and that you know, it's just the results it yields from him are absolutely clear. And I'm not going to make the comparison again, but I still think they're the best results pretty much you can get in this format. Listen, Bish, comedy, <laughs> great. Interviewing, great. Acting, no. <laughs> right. What was that show we even saw him in? I can't remember what it was Exactly, because it was not memorable. It was Helen McCrory. It was the Helen McCrory Which hasn't thing. Been she was brilliant. It hasn't been recommissioned. Fine. Okay. Hi, I'm giving this particular episode and <laughs> Bish's interview technique five stars. I'm going to give it 4.75, four and a half stars. Four and a half stars for me. Yeah. Steph? Oh, from you, four and a half as well. Sorry, <laughs> I thought you were repeating what I said. <laughs> I do We've been talking sometimes. so long, now we're just talking nonsense. John Bishop, in conversation with Ellipsis, is starts on the W Channel next Thursday, the 5th of July, at 10pm. 10pm? 10pm? Why? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Sorry, that's... I've never heard that. I've like never a, heard you question the time yeah, slot. Yeah, but not, it's a 9pm show. Oh, I think on um, on the kind of, you know, the non-terrestrial channels, they want... It's better for them to go slightly later because everyone's watching the big 9 o'clock show. Fair Fair dues. Fair dues. Fair dues. Finally, it's that time. It's question time. Very much in honour of John Bishop in conversation with the greatest chat show in the history of TV. My question to you is, who is the best chat show guest you've seen on TV being interviewed on a chat show? Or it could be, if you really want, like, who's your ideal chat show guest? Okay. 
But my idea was, go on, Kay. Okay, one that I always enjoy watching. And I don't, like, I don't have any in- interest in her per se, usually. But whenever she's on Graham Norton, Miriam Margulies ah, yes. is exceptional. Because yes. you just, like, have no clue what she's going to say. She is so eccentric and brilliant and fascinating. Yeah. And she always makes a very entertaining guest. So I can watch her over and over again. Yeah. Have you seen her on it? Oh, God, yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah, no, she's legendary. She's she was, oh, your, she's she was on with, wasn't it? Will I Am, I think, might have been oh, the first God. Yeah, one. and because yeah. he's kind of like, you can't often understand what he's going on about. Oh, and then you have, throw totally. her into the mix, you yeah. get yourself a party. Steph. <laughs> I'm, I, do you know what I have watched many, many times? And I, it's actually going back to something I was saying earlier. I think President Obama on oh, yeah. Between Two Ferns, that is mm. one of the greatest interviews ever. It's just a, it's a short interview, but actually also when he does um, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, mm. that is also a brilliant interview. So I'm going to say President Obama and also when he's on um, Jimmy Fallon The Late Show. So yeah, Obama. I mean, yeah, you've gone pretty big there, haven't you? Yeah, he always yeah. gives. I mean, gone big or yeah, go big or go I've gone home, big. I'm not going home. No, you're I've not. gone big. I'm no. not retracting Miriam though. Don't retract. No. Um, I would have gone for. I already mentioned Jerry Seinfeld earlier in the whole um, Letterman thing, and I think Jerry Seinfeld is the greatest. Like, I would if I miss any of uh, Jerry Seinfeld's appearances on TV chat shows, I'm furious with myself. So he's kind of the answer. But I also really, really like David Williams on TV shows I think he gives brilliant value and I also really like David Bidou I'm just listing people I like now but on chat shows they're brilliant but particularly them on um, Desert Island just recently David oh, really? Bidou on Desert Island just recently was fantastic yeah I'm going to have to listen to her there okay. you go and on that note it is time to say goodbye it's a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from me bye <laughs>